red to grow, blue to flow. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The Keystone Pipeline that carries heavy Canadian tar sands oil to American refineries has ruptured in northeast Kansas, dumping over half a million gallons into a local creek. The size of the spill is among the largest onshore in over 10 years, and more than the 22 previous leaks on the Keystone Pipeline combined since it began operating in 2010. The EPA said the spill has been contained and that TC Energy, the pipeline's owner, has built an earthen dam about four miles downstream to prevent the oil from moving into larger waterways. According to the Associated Press, tar sands oil is more toxic than lighter crude and sinks in water rather than floating on top, making cleanup difficult and sometimes even involving scrubbing individual rocks in a creek bed. Environmentalists have warned about the potential for spills and had opposed plans by TC Energy to build the Keystone XL, a 1,200-mile extension of the system, which would have cut across Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska. The company scrapped plans after President Joe Biden canceled the pipeline's permit, citing the potential contribution to climate change. A conference of world leaders started last week in Montreal that may be more important than the recently concluded COP27 talks on climate change because this one will determine the fate of the entire living world threatened by loss of biodiversity and species extinction. These talks are called COP15 because it's the 15th conference of the parties on the UN Convention on Biological Diversity. The goal is for nations to commit to preserve 30% of their land and water by 2030, an effort called 30 by 30. Three scientists wrote an editorial warning that there is an abundance of mitigation and adaptation options to address climate change, but the only option to address the loss of biodiversity is to reverse it, and if we don't, all of Earth's ecology will begin to collapse under the pressure of human population that's approaching 10 billion. There are more than 1 million species currently threatened by extinction, with plants and animals disappearing at 1,000 times the natural rate. Delegates are trying to address problems like pesticides, noise pollution, and compensating poorer nations for their natural resources. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres criticized multinational corporations for filling their bank accounts while emptying the world of its natural gifts and making ecosystems playthings of profit. The COP15 meeting is set to end on December 19th. Agrivoltaics is the practice of growing crops under solar panels, particularly in hot, arid regions where there's less water. However, today's solar panels take all the sunlight when, according to a new study, they only need part of the spectrum, that being the blue light, to generate electricity. Currently, agrivoltaics work best for plants that grow in partial shade, including alfalfa, yams, sweet potato, and lettuce, Crops like wheat don't thrive in low light. But researchers from the University of California, Davis, have shown that sunlight can be split into different colors, with blue light better for energy production and red best for crops to photosynthesize efficiently. They constructed solar panels that allowed red or blue light to pass through. Tomato plants thrived under the red light, and by shading the soil, 
water use dropped dramatically. It's a technique they call harvesting different spectra of light. The researchers also tested their theory on various other plants, including lettuce, basil, and strawberry. According to the authors, more research is necessary to determine which crops and climates are best suited to light harvesting. And finally this week, underwear. When they're past their prime, it's not likely we'll take them to a consignment shop, donate them, or hand them down to a younger sibling. When their life is over, our skivvies go under into landfills, adding to our climate and pollution woes. But what if you could compost them? The Kent Company has created a line of undergarments that can be dropped in your home compost bin or returned to be turned into soil to be used at a farm growing apples, oranges, cabbage, and more. The underwear is made out of organic Pima cotton, which has extra-long fibers that make it more durable and softer than conventional material. And while most panties and briefs are made with fossil fuel-based synthetic materials like polyester that don't biodegrade and pollute water sources with microfibers, the Kent undies use a bio-based elastic from trees to make them stretchy and stay in place. In the world of fast fashion, where historically manufacturers have had a take-make-waste mindset, a growing number of brands are looking for circularity in their supply chains to reuse or recycle materials, including companies like Parade and Nikki, which will recycle underwear into insulation, carpet padding, and furniture batting. And this past summer, the circular fashion brand The Big Favorite launched a Soil Your Undies campaign where the garments were buried to be food for worms and other critters in the name of improved soil health. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.